In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Happy Thanksgiving, Ohana, and welcome to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 36, recorded on November 25th, 2019. We are your hosts, Drew, Bob, and Jay. And on tonight's episode, we head back to the 1990s to visit one of our favorite lost attractions. So come journey with us in our patented Time Rover, where Damon pushes boundaries, virtual becomes reality, and creativity has no limits. This is Disney Quest. You know, another episode tonight that I am super excited for. Um, another episode that the Disney guys changed last minute. Uh, just because we've been kind of toying around with this Disney Quest idea for a long time. Yep. Um, all three of us, it kind of means a lot to us. Um, I think it really, you know, is a big part of our history with Walt Disney World. And we wanted to kind of share that with you guys tonight and for all of you that never got to experience disney quest or you're yelling at uh, you know your car radio right now what is disney quest um you're gonna be in for a doozy because it is truly was an amazing experience and that's what it was right it was an experience yeah. it wasn't um you know it, it was an attraction almost as well it, it was a little bit of everything and we don't get you all the details and everything about it but before we get there, we have some other things we need to get into first. So let's head on over to Gord and see how he's doing with some buzz tubes. Hey, Gord! Gord! If I can just find... Gord! Oh, there you are. Thanks, Gord. Um, and tonight we have a couple questions from um, the Ohana. So, uh, Tim Candy. You know, haven't got to say that one in a while, guys. Pretty excited about that. <laughs> he, he asked us, um, do we have any favorite Walt Disney World or Disney holiday traditions or features that we like to, you know, do every holiday? So, so Bob, why don't you try to lead us off there? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. First thing that popped into my head was, I mean, it's not necessarily always Thanksgiving night, but it's Thanksgiving weekend. Me, the boys, and my wife, we pop in Muppet Christmas Carol, oh, uh, yeah. which just really top-of-the-line stuff. Uh, yeah. We have some Disney Nutcrackers that we decorate with, and uh, we actually, when we went last year, we picked up the, the mini uh, plush guys. We put them under the tree. Uh, somebody I'll post some pictures of my Disney stuff um, later on in the year when we're, when we're decorating a little bit more, uh, which we'll actually cover that question in a second. <laughs> Um, but Jay, anything uh, you, you and your girls do with uh, Disney holiday Not, traditions? Nothing that we do specifically time-wise, but when we've got a ton of Disney ornaments on our tree, and we all put them down together. Um, my wife's favorite movie is also, of course, all three of the Santa Claus movies. We're oh, constantly watching those. Oh yeah. Yep. 
Um, I usually watch, I try to at least once watch Muppet Christmas Carol with my girls. Cause that's one of my favorites. Um, I mean, it's just a bunch of little stuff throughout the season, not necessarily one specific right. time or thing we do every time. Yeah. Well, you're right about the ornaments too. I should mention, yeah, a lot of ornaments coming my way too. Oh, yeah. that's a good point. It's yeah. funny because that, that was one of the first thing I, I felt too, right? You know, it's funny because we had growing up, you know, my mom used to buy me and my brother, a lot of Disney ornaments that kind of now carried over. Right. And now I get to share it with my kids and it is, it's, I, they unfortunately broke a few over the years, but um, oh, it happens. it's part yep. of it, um, you know, and then you glue them back together and it's kind of a, a new story, right? Moving forward. But um, the other big one that a lot of us do, and you guys probably both do it, is the big Christmas morning Disney parade. Um, you know, that that's a big one that sure. um, I, I love putting on, hopefully, you know, open up some presents. I, I actually really parade. like the Easter parade better. But, yeah, no, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> I, I, I doubt that. But uh, <laughs> uh, So, um, Jordana Izzo also uh, wrote in. You're and, a friend uh, of the show, Jordana Izzo. Big fan, big fan, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked, um, she wanted to know, actually, if we have put up our Christmas decorations yet. No, Though it's not directly Disney-related, it's a valid point, right, That's this time of year. That's a fair question. Um, and, Jordana, for me personally... Uh, I, I don't want to say we thank we, we skip Thanksgiving, but I I skip Thanksgiving, so not not the holiday, but decoration wise. So I go pretty much a couple days after uh you know Halloween, and it's um it's Christmas time. So my lights yeah. have been outside. Um, I I don't have my tree up only because we did a real tree and um, I need it to last. But um everything else is up. I'm ready to go. Um, I'm probably going to get my tree in a week or so and we'll be, we'll be there. So that's as far as me. What about you guys, Jay? I'm pretty much the same way. The usually the first weekend after Halloween, um, we'll have our tree up and within a week or two after that, we'll have our outdoor stuff up. Um, I know there's all, you know, all this talk on Facebook of skipping, skipping Thanksgiving, but our family has always kind of said that, Thanksgiving is part of Christmas. It's just one big holiday conglomerate. Like uh, to me, Thanksgiving is the Christmas dinner because on Christmas Day, you're trying to just relax and sit back and enjoy their presents. So you're not going to have a big meal. So Thanksgiving is the meal for Christmas, even though it's not the same day. We just think of it as big one big, long Christmas holiday in general. Oh, that's great. That's a good one. Bob? It's been a long while since we've had a fight on this show, and I think we're due for one. Uh, <laughs> this is a bad topic. Ultimately, I hashtag give Thanksgiving a chance. Uh, we've got a lot of harvesty things, a lot of uh, turkeys. And again, with school and stuff, my, my, my oldest brings home all these made turkeys and stuff. Um, we have a lot of autumn decorations that double as Thanksgiving. Uh, we do run into the problem now, though, with all the Christmas stuff, because it's such a short Christmas season, uh, with Thanksgiving being as late as it actually can be in the calendar, that we are behind. I won't say we have no Christmas stuff up, because we do have our wreath on the front door, and uh, the boys have the pop vinyl Peppermint Lane Village oh, up uh, on their little uh, I don't, you know, bookcase, whatever they have in, in, the, in the playroom they have. So uh, nothing crazy for Christmas yet, but I envision uh, if we have this conversation again next week, I will pretty much be uh, fully operational uh, with Christmas uh, apparatus. Absolutely. Bob, why don't you take us to the next one here? So 
quite a few people have reached out about last week's episode. And again, we cannot stress our thanks enough to John and Tim and Jordana for coming on and talking Disney Plus with us for a couple hours. And if you haven't listened to the episode, it's really fun. And it's a good time for us to give back in the spirit of Thanksgiving to the Ohana. You guys come on the show, talk about what you liked, what you didn't like. It was a lot of fun. So thank you to those guys again. And I think in the future we might be doing that again. Uh, So if you're interested, Mm -hmm. please reach out to us and let us know. Um, But since that episode is aired, I put the guys on the spot uh, off script. I asked them, hey, guys, what about the Disney guys do you like? What episodes do you enjoy? And the tables have turned on us here because people now want to know what we consider our best work or what, what are Drew episodes? What are Bub episodes? What are Jay episodes? Uh, what are our favorite episodes to record? Uh, so we're going to answer that question. Uh, very simply for me, I consider the Bub episodes uh, the history episodes. And it's not a knock on these guys. And, and I think Jay kind of is in between me and Andrew with yeah. his appreciation of history mm-hmm. and his appreciation of the now. And I think I've convinced Andrew at this point to get on board with the history of the parks. And, I, and, and I've been telling him for years. Uh, but for me, I think the Bub episodes are the history episodes. And those are my favorite. My favorite episode we've done is probably Lost Attractions. Uh, the first one we did back in August it was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, Drew? Yeah, so it, it's it's funny because um, two things. Um, one, I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. <laughs> I I don't know everything about Disney, right? That's not a what? secret. What? <laughs> um, so I, I like episodes where it requires me to do a little bit of research, a little bit of finding, a little bit of digging, and then, you know, I, I get to learn a little bit. And the second half of that is I like to share information, whether it's that information I just found or information that I've already known about Disney. I could, I like to sh- I could share with you guys. So it's kind of a, a twofold thing that you guys encourage me to go out and do research and dig and find out things that I've never known before. And then at the same time, it allows me to share that information with you guys. You know, a good example of that would be kind of like the hidden treasures episode um, mm-hmm. or kind of the round table type stuff where it's not only some of my favorite things that I want you to experience, but it's also things that maybe you don't know about um, that mm-hmm. you can kind of take advantage of and see when you're in the parts. So, that that's kind of what it means for me and my my favorites, Jay. Um, I I'm obviously the Star Wars episode is one of my favorites, um, but also I really enjoyed the great villain battle. I enjoy looking up, you know, characters and and their stats and their powers and abilities, which I'm actually extremely disappointed in all of us that Magic of the Spell did not ever even appear in that episode, but. You know what? Whatever we figured, I realized that a couple days after the episode. But I, listen, we pissed a lot of people off with the Horned King winning. So I think the least of our worries is that Magic of the Spell wasn't in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Someday we'll just have to do a ref B of that. He penetrated that yeah. castle. He was. He was. No, it wasn't going to happen. Nope. So guys, I'm going to shock you because it's not in the notes. Uh, Drew, what is your least favorite type of episode to record? Um, oh, jeez. You didn't really just put me on the spot here. My, my yes! least favorite. Um, oh, boy. You know, it, it, it's a torn thing. 
sometimes I like doing some of our rankings that we do, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, I feel like it's a very personalized episode, which don't get me wrong. I like sharing our personal opinion on certain things. <laughs> Actually, we, we all know we love doing that. That's all we but, do. But, but, but when it comes to certain things like animated films or, or, or things, villains or villains, I think it's yeah. hard, right? Because it, people are passionate about certain things. Um, now, when you look back at like top rides or even the do's and don'ts that goes back to original episodes, it's a little bit different because um, we're sharing what makes a ride so great. And we try to do the same thing with movies, but so to me, it, it's hard to do top tens. You know, I think that's a hard Correct. thing to really ask yeah. for us to do. Yeah. You know, Jay, what, what about you? Well, I can't say there's one that I really dread, but I, I don't. I don't like anything that that makes me personally feel overly braggy about something, or. I guess to a certain extent it would be putting a whole lot of myself out there. But um, I think in general, it's just, it, it's a, it depends on the episode. I really, most of the episodes, I just enjoy talking with you guys and, mm-hmm. and conversing and, and talking things out between us, whether it's arguing or, or agreeing. Oh. In general, I just enjoy all of it. <laughs> one it's, day, um, one day they'll find the lost records of our conversations on discord and realize there was some hatred. <laughs> oh boy. Some of those, some of those early weeks, I, I didn't think we were going to make it to be honest with you. So, <laughs> so for anybody that's, that's newer to the show, if you don't know what, what Bob's talking about, um, episode 15. Um, if you can see why it's a weird title that just says happy 4th of July and it's 15 minutes long, <laughs> oh. it's because we literally had to cancel the show um due to an explosion that bub and i had at each other and um if you ever do join uh patreon we actually posted i don't know why but we posted <laughs> the episode on patreon for you guys to listen to so um if you haven't yeah. heard it and you're on patreon let us know it's there and if you want to listen to it for two dollars a month you can it might be worth the two bucks for one month it really might be <laughs> it's epic we yeah, I mean, you wouldn't think that we actually are friends at the end of that, but <laughs> we recorded the next week, and that was wrong. We were fine, ready to go. I think uh, that was the week we did the about, Pixar I, list, I right? I can't even think of what episode it was right yep. now, but we had a, a like, it was a bl- almost a blowout during the episode. Bub literally left the room, <laughs> left the mic, the and yep. like five minutes later, bam, he's back doing the show again. Yeah, yeah we've had <laughs> some, we had some moments. Uh, for me, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna. I hate the top ten episodes, and and it's no knock on the guys that are on the show last week that love them. Andrew and Jay are absolutely right. It's so personal. Yeah. And I don't want to say that we all think differently. But it's not a bad thing. We all three of us have very different How opinions. How dare you not have the same thought going through your but, mind? But I remember the Pixar episodes specifically. I think very highly of certain Pixar movies, Wally <laughs> Up, Coco, and these guys like, I oh, know those movies suck, and it's like, so well, I'm arguing with them during the, and they didn't say they suck. Well, I mean, when you pick Hopper as your favorite character, it's hard to pick a series. <laughs> right. So, 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 it's no different than when we had the Horned King getting inside Maleficent. Uh, Maleficent I, clearly I stand by that. There one of those villains that is no, iconic in every way. And the Horned King is underrated. I mean, he is. listen. It, Champion, another discussion, but underrated. Right. 100%. So I think we felt, we fall in love with certain things in top 10 episodes. Oh, yeah. That we want to defend passionately. 
And to Jay's point, that puts us out there on an island. To Andrew's yeah. point, we're going to piss somebody off. But I don't think we mind it. I think they're all in good fun. But, man, those episodes are, are tough to do during the week. They're tough to record. It, it's not that I hate them, but my least favorite episodes to record are the top ten episodes. They really, really are. Absolutely. They're just – you wouldn't think they're a lot of work, but they but they kind <laughs> of are. They it's, kind of it are. Is. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a nice little Thanksgiving bit there for you guys. Um, so let's uh, let's head over to the Disney News Desk. And as always, the Disney News Desk is sponsored by Patreon producer Jordana Izzo from Travel Nation and authorized Disney vacation planner. Jordana is, in fact, a graduate of Andrew's favorite university. That is the Disney yes. College of Knowledge School of Hard Knocks. And he's still trying to get in. Um, uh, all someday. joking aside, all joking aside, Jordana will help you with every detail of your vacation. Her services are absolutely free of charge. And she can even book you trips to Universal Studios, Islands of Adventure, and an epic universe coming down the pike. Andrew, did you know she can also book you on the Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney? Absolutely. You know, what my favorite part of it is, Bob, is that she will even wake up early for you. She'll mm-hmm. put your fast passes. Yeah, you, correct. She, you tell her what type of food you like, she'll put mm-hmm. your dinner reservations. Correct. And she may she may push you towards the dining plan, which may have been a problem in episode 15, but we're not going to talk about it right now. <laughs> but all joking aside, Jordan is great. Big friend of the show. Really helpful in every way. Um, Andrew, how much does it cost to use Jordana's services? Well, um, it's if, if you mention the Disney guys, it's free. And, and if, if you, you don't, don't mention the Disney guys, it well, is also free. It is also free. But mention us. Why not? I mean, it gets yeah. us zero points, gets us zero dollars. Mm-hmm. But mention us. Let mm-hmm. her know that you know that you listen to us. Correct. If that makes um, sense. It didn't, but I like it. <laughs> also, please, just imagine stress-free vacation planning by a Disney expert, like we said, for free. That's what you get when you use the preferred travel agency of the Disney guys uncensored. Travelmation. Email Jordana today at Jordana is so at travelmation.net. That's J O R D A N A I Z Z O at travelmation.net. All one word. And be sure to tell her that Andrew DeFusco and the Disney guys sent you. Jay, what do you got for us tonight? The annual International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Expo took place this week where the topic of discussion was about Blizzard Beach. The pro-slide company behind most of the slides of the water park had representatives at the expo, and they revealed that the company is working on retrofitting Teamboat Springs with a new and improved elements during the current off-season, which ends in January 2020. That seems very quick for them to have just had this meeting, but... I'm excited. It does, but I mean, what do you think they're going to do with that water slide? I mean, they're not going to enclose it. I mean, no. that, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do to it, but I don't know how you retrofit a water slide. So we'll I, see what know, The Republican Party's statesman's dinner fundraiser was scheduled for the first week of December at the Grand Floridian. 
It's now going to be taking place over in Miami. No reason was given for the change of the venue. I'm sure John Blanco is thrilled about that. Hey, you keep that politic talk out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So rumor has it, after just a short two weeks of sales, the slap magic bands are being pulled from shells due to the fact that the RFID chip in the bracelets themselves are having issues syncing. It could be part of the metal is hard to for RFID to go through, so that may be part of it. But I'm not sure. I'm sure that's not all of it. There's probably way more to that. Devastating. Hopefully get that <laughs> figured <sure>. out. <laughs> so we've heard of attraction holiday overlays before, but the restaurants are getting in on the act. So at jo- jo- Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. The transformation for there will begin November 29th. Come celebrate the season with everyone's favorite bush pilot. Check out over-the-top holiday decorations and limited edition menu items this holiday season. Come over to the Ohana group page for more details. This is kind of exciting. I've, I've seen yeah. the decorations. It really, really looks cool. I'm excited for this. Agreed. And Andrew's going to be very excited. They have about eight new drinks on the menu for oh. this. <laughs> hey, if anybody's there, uh, give me a little holler. All right. There you go. So I'm sure that nobody's ever heard of the movie Frozen, but uh, part two has actually come out this past weekend and set a record 358.2 million worldwide. That's pretty big. That's a good opening. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. Yeah, good for them. Another sure good time Andrew's to be a stockholder. Sure, Andrew's stock price went up by a quarter of a percent. <laughs> well, don't make me look. It was a good day in the market, though. Oh, great to know. The Santa Meet and Greet will run from November 28th to December 24th at the Magic Kingdom in Town Square Courtyard. It's actually a cute little setup. I highly recommend it. Absolutely. And finally for today, I'm sure you've heard us talk quite a bit about Space 220, the fact that they lost their head chef. And even though we've we've gone back and forth on what we've heard of when the opening was, whether it was winter, before the end of the year, whatever, um, it is now going to be pushed back to February of next year. Still a winter delay, but it's just been pushed back a little bit, a couple of months. Not a big deal. It's still going to be opening. Still excited for this. Can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone that's still trying to figure out what Space uh, 220 is, it is a brand new restaurant located in Epcot. So you can't go to this place unless you actually go to the park. Um, And it it, it takes place like you're on a space station. Um, And um, it looks really interesting. But uh, I don't need to get into the further details, but that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, the entrance is uh, part, uh, it's not part of the queue line, but it's right next to the queue line for Mission Space. Correct. Yep. All right. Um, Thank you, Jerry, for the news. And I think it's now time that we're all excited for to head on over to the topic of the week. Yes, everybody. Welcome to the topic of the week. I know I'm excited. I'm driving the time rover back to 1998. And we, gentlemen, are going to Disney Quest. Woohoo! Woo! So, some key questions we want to answer about Disney Quest. And for those of you playing along with the Disney Guys Ohana movie references, pay attention to this next bit. 
because there are three questions we want to ask. What was Disney Quest? Where was Disney Quest? Why was Disney Quest? And we're here to help you out with those answers tonight. But what happens if the, the listener knows what you're referencing? Oh, they get a phone call from Andrew on Christmas morning wishing them a Merry <laughs> Christmas from the Ohana. Or, 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 or he'll send you a sticker. <laughs> you know what? I'm nervous that people are going to choose that phone call over the I, sticker. I love it. You're welcome. You shouldn't have given me an open mic. You know what? I will call you on Christmas Day, and I will wish you a Merry Christmas. From um, the Disney guys. Maybe I'll even make a personalized video for you. That's weird. As long as you're not dressed in red satin pajamas by your fireplace, we should be all set. Well, you know what? I can't make that promise either. But I think we need to give a little bit of a hint, because that's a tough one. Yeah, okay. So, I'll say, it's not a Disney quote-unquote movie. It is from an acquired franchise. Uh... Could be Marvel, could be Star Wars, might be Pixar, could be one of those. Um, but it's not a straight Disney movie. Again, that was what was Disney Quest? Where was Disney Quest? And why was Disney Quest? And you see I'm emphasizing the why question there, because it is a fantastic scene in the movie that it's in. <laughs> um, yes, it is. So let's start at the beginning, as most stories are told best in a linear format. Uh, what was Disney Quest? Disney Quest, as we know, gentlemen, was the five-story interactive indoor theme park, basically the fifth gate at Walt Disney World. Uh, tickets were about 40 bucks for children, give or take, and 45 to 50 for adults, depending on when you went. And they actually did become part of the Magic Your Way ticket where you could do the add-ons, uh, similar to no expiration, and similar now to the NBA experience also having it. Uh, guys filled with virtual reality, oh, fantasy yeah. adventure games, classic arcade games. I mean, this place was a gamer's paradise. Truly was. Um, and so and it, it, the cool part is, is since this was, and you'll get into this a little bit, but not to jump ahead of your thunder, but mm -hmm. you, it is located at downtown Disney, right? So it is technically kind of, it's not off property, but it, it's on property. My point is, is that locals or anybody could go here. If Correct. You weren't going to the Disney parks or staying on Disney vacation. This was a open oh, yeah. for the public type atmosphere, right? Correct. Um, now the price ticket, the, the price of the ticket's interesting, right? You just mentioned here thirty nine and, and forty five, so mm -hmm. it it's a little high. And I'm not saying that you don't get the value, right? Because you think about it, you could be there all day, right? It's expensive, um, just in general, right? So if let's say you're a teenager and you wanna, you know go to the movies like you do or, or you want to go out for the night 45 bucks is a i feel like a little bit more on the pricey side back in you know the late 90s mm -hmm. um right so that's my only thing i'm not saying it's not worth the value because we're gonna sell you the crap out of this place mm -hmm. but it is just an expensive price tag in general no i will say that was for um <laughs> excuse me all day all day yeah, yeah you can no. come and go you can Correct. come and go. You can go grab lunch. Or, I mean, they yeah. did have the food options. We'll get into Food Quest and Wonderland Cafe shortly. But you can come and go. Um, if uh, if mom and dad, you know, mom and pa wanted to go shopping at the Virgin Mega Store right down the street there, uh, you go to Disney Quest, pop in for a couple hours. And it really, in this instance, I can't even say this, I, I, think the, I think the value is there on this. It's still expensive. It is. But, I mean... It, 
at the value you got, the five floors of entertainment. I mean, the, you did have to pay for any games you were redeeming tickets to win prizes on, but everything oh, else was included. Oh, I can't wait till we get into yeah, that one. But everything else was included in the price. Uh, but, you know, we'll honestly, get into the games later, but I mean, it, it was incredible. You, you you know you think it sounds I mean I know we we've, we've we've been saying it's kind of expensive but in all honesty as somebody who's been going to arcades all my life forty five dollars yeah when you're paying for quarters and playing games forty five dollars did not last long in all honesty no I agree I agree so forty five dollars is a hundred dollar entire day doing nothing but arcades was actually yeah. a a pretty mm-hmm. decent price. I mean that's that's it. I mean that's I mean I think that's pretty straightforward. Um, and also something great to do on a rainy day. Yes, absolutely. Great to do on a rainy day. Great rainy day activity, or one of those you know, the kind of hot where you're, uh, you know, never mind. That's a second freebie <laughs> for everybody. Uh, but it was when it gets real hot there in Central Florida, you could go there. Um, little known fact: they actually did open a second location in Chicago, IL. In June of 99, it permanently closed on September 4th, 2001. Uh, very low attendance. I, I don't know that the concept was proven yet. And that's my concern. And yeah. a lot of my concern going forward in this segment with the what was Disney Quest was I, before they even knew what they had, they patented it. They packaged it and they they slapped it on buildings all over the world. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't know if they could harness it. They didn't know what they had. You know, you can't control yourself sometimes. I can't help myself. I can't. Uh, That's three. (laughs) That's three for the price of one tonight. Um, Tell you what, you get all three of those references I've made in this segment. All three of us will call you on Christmas Day. There you go. There you go. Uh, (sighs) So after Chicago failed, we the Philadelphia location was scrapped. That actually became a parking lot in Philadelphia. Excellent. Probably um, more money. Probably. There's great money in parking. Nope. Uh, Disney Quest at Disneyland Resort in California never proceeded past the planning stages. If anyone has seen the campus in Anaheim, you wonder where the hell a building of this size would have gone. Let's yeah, I, have, I don't. I don't know. Uh, they had, had announced a location in Toronto uh, at Dundas Square inside the new high tech mall Metropolis. Uh, but the project was also canceled. Um, yeah, I feel like that could have worked. I think Toronto might have worked out. I think so. Um, after the closure of Chicago, obviously, uh, it was the control of the Disney Quest location in Calif- in Orlando, sorry, was turned over to <laughs> the Walt Disney World operations team. Because up until that point, it had actually been produced by an arm of the company known as the Disney Regional Entertainment, which is why you see in this instance... Chicago, Philly, Toronto, California. There were talks of bringing one over to to Paris at one time, and out to the out, you know, in Northern California as well, which we'll get into later. They actually already had the, the Sony Metreon. Um, but let's real quick. The Disney Quest concept was not an original concept from Disney. It was actually something Six Flags had done um, in 1985. Six Flags tried something like this at one of their locations, and it worked for a little bit, but it didn't succeed. So obviously, Disney, when they create this uh, regional entertainment arm, 
we've never talked about it, but this is when they were going to maybe expand. They had this arm for a while when they were going to expand to St. Louis. It was going to be a park. They were going to do Disney's America in Virginia, the ski yep. resort in Colorado. So there's a lot of uh, machinations at play behind the scenes with Disney. Uh, my question is, when you have this location at downtown Disney, why was the regional outfit the one running it initially? Why wouldn't <laughs> that have been a Walt Disney World operations team right away as your flagship location? I, yeah. I, I didn't quite get the concept well, behind I think that. Maybe it, it's a new endeavor for them, which is weird, right? Because that, that's never stopped Disney from doing anything. Correct. Right. But at the same time, if, if you got to remember, you know, in the 80s and 90s, video games were a boom in business, and it was oh, kind yeah. of the new thing, right? So Correct. when you when you design this massive building around video games, you gotta you gotta really think about it and lay out, you know, one, a lot of people are still understanding what this these technologies can do, right? I'm not sure, I understand oh, at no. this point, but I mean, we gotta remember. We'll get into it. This place in the 1998 was so far ahead of its time. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we were still using dial-up internet at that point. And that kind of leads <laughs> yeah. to one of your future questions of why was Disney Quest, right? Yep. But it, it, it 100%, you know, did Disney fully understand what they had here? I hate to throw uh, back here we go. quote. But, th- you know, I'm not sure they did. And I'm not sure they knew what to do with it. And um, I think it was maybe and, – and, and who knows the logistics because I'm a business guy, right? So who knows if it was part um, stakeholder or – or a business partner where, you know, they didn't, it, it was a risk management thing, right? So they figure if they could branch out this way, maybe if it fails, they're not losing their full investment in a certain way, if that made sense. Do, do you know what I mean? Um, they obviously had plans to invest a lot of into this concept with, with what you just walked through, mm-hmm. with all these different locations. So mm-hmm. maybe there was that fear you mean they were um, mitigating their risk by having it with a regional exactly. company? That's right. exactly, exactly it. Because it's Correct. it's almost like introducing a new IPA or a fifth part, right? Where it it is that huge risk, and you're not sure. Because let's be honest, if if Disney Quest existed today, and the four the three of us here um, went with our with our families to Disney World, Bob, and don't get me wrong, let let's if it if it opened the den today. The point that it closed on nostalgia, yeah, I'm going back. But oh, if yeah. it never closed, and you know, Bob, since we've had kids and Jay, you've had kids, we've gone to Disney several times. Would this be a must-go-to every single trip with a family of four? Um, I, if I they had, if they had maintained it appropriately, yes. Right. That yes. goes into the future of what we're going to talk about. <laughs> it does, but with. With what what they're doing nowadays in in Walt Disney World and the all the options you can have and the resorts themselves being almost a park itself, there's so many things to do. Where you're right, Disney Quest would have had to have really stepped up and continued to add new content and new technologies and new creative thinking right. to really keep it going. And and that cost money right and a, a lot ton of a money. lot of money to, mm-hmm. to stay ahead of the turf like i said 1998 some of the stuff we talked about later on is literally so far ahead of its time like i don't think they realized what they had you, you know they they could have went into an industry right. that could have led to and who knows maybe that was a case study for rides like flight of passage soaring all those types of things that kind of was like hey people like this stuff how do we take it to the next level to our parks 
Um, so I think there's a lot of different ways you can approach that, and not to steal the thunder here, but um, you know, I, that that's my take on it as as from the business side of it, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the concept that the hotels are would draw business from Disney Quest because the hotels have been there doing the same things they're doing now they were doing 20 years ago. So I don't necessarily agree with that. But there's, everything there's else. more of them, right? There's a lot more resorts where there's a lot of people that like to go resort hopping and they want to see it. And they want to go to the restaurants. Right, but, but there aren't that many more resorts than there were in 1998. There might be four different, four more resorts. And yeah. I think that if you're at, let's, let's, let's be honest here. The problem is, is that downtown Disney West side, downtown Disney marketplace, downtown Disney pleasure Island continuously evolved into something that would not sustain Disney quest currently yeah. and would not sustain pleasure Island currently. Well, and that's what it is. 100% agreed. That, that's and that's what the reason is. That's a whole nother episode, but I, I a hundred percent agree is as much as I, I hate the changes of downtown Disney and now Disney Springs. Was it necessary? I think it was, you know, and oh, I and, think there's more money in what they're doing now. So oh, yeah. I don't, I but, would never uh, disagree with that. And agreed. And, and we'll get into this even more too, about what Disney quest has become. But Disney well, Quest, okay. again, a Disney Quest to what it's become is not more profitable. But using no. using Disney Springs as the barometer here, I think is exponentially more profitable than Pleasure Island, Marketplace, West Side, three distinct districts. Agreed. And, and right. as, as I said, I think the point of the story is as saddened as I am about um, the closure, was it the right Disney decision? And I, uh, my I, honest answer is yes, unless they wanted to dump millions and millions of dollars right. into it. Absolutely. Again, the, the, the problem becomes the park was not made for the super rich. And if okay. they were going to go ahead and, and invest that money, because we talk about the, the very, very to maintain for very limited ROI. So right there, but, that's a recipe for disaster for this specific property. Which, and, and again, at the end of the day, there it is again for you guys playing the drinking game. At the end of the day, <laughs> what they did was the right business decision. Because and, they would have had to charge $100 a ticket to get into well, this place. Of course, and, and right. we don't have the numbers, right? But obviously the numbers don't lie, and there's a reason why they shut down Chicago. They didn't do California. They, they didn't do um, all these other places. Toronto. There's, there's reasons why that mm-hmm. we don't see. Right. Right, Honestly, so, it's it's another thing that plays into this that I, neither of you have really mentioned is by the time the by by the the mid two thousands arcades in general were dying. Correct. I mean, you've got home consoles now that you could play the exact same thing at home and not have to pay as much. So I mean, as as much as I enjoyed and I grew up going to arcades. Consoles killed the arcades, well, and, well, and that's ultimately without having you know that that money dumped in, like you guys said, and having something different than what you could play at home on your own console. There was really no place for a, for an arcade anymore. And, and twofold, Jay. Look at look at Disney Springs today, and and look at the perfect example is something like the Void, where you can put a little pop up oh, shop and. Yeah create a whole virtual reality and bub you know you look back to uh california right you have like pier 39 where you have mm-hmm. those same thing you, you you pull in people at these major gathering type places and you could just put in a little pop-up shop here or there and you can you can 
it's really minimal cost up front besides the technology that you're probably renting and, and do kind of the same thing. These buildings, I can only imagine the, the you know, the air conditioner bill alone, <gasps> you know, for this place. One of those is, is putting out its heat on top of the people that are in there that are, With a that bunch are heating of things up. Teenagers going through puberty running around. Oh, I mean, it, you know, it, it is. So I think I mean great conversation, but I think we got to move mm-hmm. on. No, yeah. but I would like to make one counterpoint to the video game home systems killing the arcade system. And I will tell you as much as I enjoy playing the Jurassic Park games on my computer and on <laughs> oh. on my TV, nothing beats going to sit in there and hold the the gun. And the shake, the, the thing is the seats are moving Absolutely. and you're rocking. And I will tell you that I didn't necessarily consider, and it was at its core an arcade, but I, I, I thought that Disney Quest, not to sound you know, pretentious about it, elevated the art form of the arcade. No, to it, a level it absolutely that, did. That well, was, was not sustainable, clearly. Of course. But, Bob, I think... You became part of it. Yes. You did, but I think that goes to your and Jay, you know, mid-30s, high-30s profile of growing up in that era where, like you said, I'd rather go play the Jurassic Park video game. You ask a 16-year-old kid now, they're going to tell you I want to sit home and and play in front of my 4K TV. They they don't want to go to the arcade. With their snacks right nearby. So yeah, but it, I think I think to limit this to call it an arcade is misrepresenting what it was it for is. people that have never been there. An arcade and, is and one really tenth of it. can't go back. Right. That so can't, I think can't go back and go to it. So let's 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 move on. Right. I think this is let's great. Let's go very quickly to yes. the where was Disney Quest? It's very easy to answer. Downtown Disney West Side, uh, right directly across from House of Blues and the former Bongos site, and right next to Cirque du Soleil and. It shared almost a wall with Virgin Megastore, which is now, I want to say, Splitsville, if, I, if I'm correct. On I believe that. So you're right. So it, it's kind of, and you know, this is back in the time when there was no parking garages. There were three bus stops at Downtown Disney. Yep. Uh, one at the Marketplace, one at Pleasure Island, one at the West Side. So, hmm. man, Andrew, you remember the West Side bus stop, man? It was in like the middle of a parking lot, poorly lit, like oh, yeah. awful. Awesome. <laughs> I, and I remember the time that me and you went to Disney Quest, and we, mm-hmm. we shut the place down. We'll get into that more experiences. Well, we did that quite a bit. But... 1 p.m., but the, the last bus. Please. We... I'm sorry, 1 a.m., but the last bus was always like 1.15 or 1.10. Correct. So we, there was a couple sprinted. times. Oh, man, it was close. This was before <laughs> Uber and whatnot, right? So there, you were, we were, we were going to be in trouble. And we don't, and this was pre-cell phones. I mean, I think right. we were 13 yeah. years old. Was, I mean, what a different time. Again, I don't want to get poetic and wax nostalgic. I mean, it's a whole other story that our, our mothers let us go to Disney by ourselves when we but were. Doesn't that go back to the Disney bubble? What What's going to happen to you there? You know, you jump on the bus, right. you go downtown. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you're not Absolutely. leaving property. You know, it is what it is. 100%. Um, so now the big one, guys. Why was Disney Quest? Um, subcategories here. Why was Disney Quest a success? Why was Disney Quest a failure? Um, Jay, let's start with you because I feel like me and Andrew do an awful lot of reminiscing about Disney <laughs> Quest. So let's let's let you get on board and get your stuff out there before me and Andrew wax poetic about the time that we almost threw up on Cyberspace Mountain. So I mean, 
there really was nothing like it. I know we keep saying that it, it, it it's calling it an arcade, but that's really doing it a very, very, very strong injustice. Yeah. Because even though it had a ton of arcade games, there was also a lot of interactivity and mm-hmm. virtual reality type stuffs in there that really you couldn't find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was, I mean, there were games that you actually put on a VR headset and right. there wasn't a whole lot in terms of, like, I guess you could say a controller or a joystick that you did. It was actually oh. moving you right. to move the game. Some of mm-hmm. them actually had, you know, tactile things you held that would help you progress through it. Like maybe a, an oar on a, a virtual boat ride or something, you know, or a gun. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, it. there really was nothing like it. And it was just a one-of-a-kind experience that you really had nowhere. I, I keep saying, repeating the same question, same thing. I'm sorry, but it no. was just absolutely incredible when it came out in its heyday. But Jay, even to this, it's 22 years later almost, and we're still in awe of what they did. Oh yeah, I mean, that should tell you this place was astounding. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I, and I can remember I went with my, my youngest daughter, Sienna. We went there, and this has probably been within the last five years, right before it closed. Mm-hmm. And even though the graphics on all of those VR oh, yeah. experiences were absolutely abysmal, I mean, we're talking like PS1 oh, yeah. graphics. You know, yeah. everything's got sharp corners, and it's all blocky. I mean, just the experience of what you're doing, despite the graphics being as as they were, the experience in itself was incredible. So it's interesting, Jay. Allow me. That's a successful point and an actual negative too, because oh yeah, the it games is. were quickly dated. Yes, uh, very. Especially quick. in that time frame, the explosion of computer graphics and yeah. and artificial intelligence. I don't want to say rendered them a relic of their time almost immediately. Well, but it did. You could tell a lot of those games were '90s based systems. I mean, yeah. that's. So that was not necessarily a failure, but that was one of the big points where goes back to us saying how much money would it have cost them to rip out certain attractions to update it with 4K displays and right. uh, 2160 uh, uh, pixelization. Like it just the the upkeep and and the 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 explosion of computer. Mm-hmm technology at that point i, I mean you, you would have had to spend 200 dollars to go to this place if they had oh, yeah. everything yeah. in Easily. super high def yeah. uh, andrew what about you something that made it successful in yeah, your so, eyes you know i want to quote the intro for a second because it, it really it, it's there to my heart where you know the the game and aspects truly pushed boundaries in both um screen and physical interaction mm-hmm. right. um virtual really became reality where for a lot of people even into the mid and late 2000s oh yeah this was the first time people really you know because think about this if you're not the average gamer or, or the avid gamer really this is something that people have never experienced virtual reality right. before it's an all-exclusive ticket right so it's not one of those mall things like you see in blank check where <laughs> nice um, where nice. you want i'm sorry not blank check first kid no, first kid first, first yes kid. first kid it's not a first kid instance where you need to pay 10 or 20 dollars to do this it's like eh, right. it's free i already paid it let me try this thing yeah so mm-hmm. virtual truly becomes reality and you get to experience things you've never done before 
And then there's the creativity that has no limits because there's so many hands-on things that we talk about, whether it's designing uh, a toy, learning uh, how to draw. I love that floor. So there's there's so <laughs> many things. Now, what I loved about it, um, which could also be your demise, is it's literally an eyesore of a building. This is like a, an eight-story building that is just a block with zero windows. So once yeah. you're in this world and think about it, this is Disney and we're going to talk about each floor in a second, but the floor design, it was Weird. like you were in the queue of a, of a, of a line. Sometimes it was so <laughs> well done. Yeah. The layout was very odd, Bob. It, it, but it worked. It worked because every room that you went to, you kind of forgot where you were. And Correct. there was incidents where you, you thought you were in the 80s arcade. There was instances where you thought you were on another planet. Uh, and then there was yep. instances you felt that like you were in a Walt Disney World animation studio. So Ooh, it okay. had all these things that were phenomenal. And you just, again, what Disney does best. You forget mm -hmm. where you are. Mm -hmm. You forget what time of the day it is. You forget that you're on vacation away from work. And you just enjoy what's in front of you. And also, they, you forget you're going to catch that last bus. You forget that sometimes, yep. <laughs> but it was just so well done um, that, that that's what it was. You know, you forget about those. And as far as the failure goes, we're going to keep repeating the same thing. Um, it wasn't that they didn't upkeep the facility. It oh, no. was um, that they, they outgrew technology. Technology grew faster than right. they could keep up with. Simple. But I you mean, for me, guys, I mean, it was that fifth gate everybody ever wants. It's it's that. Day five, what are you gonna do to break up the days at the parks in the hot sun? This was it. Right. This was the this was it. Um and you could get it included. I didn't even worry about the price because it was included in my park ticket. I would just yep. scan it and go. That'd be my whole day. Right. Um, and to me, when they first created the West Side, this was the anchor with Cirque du Soleil. I mean, this was the parents went to Cirque du Soleil, you went to Disney Quest, you called it a day. That was it. I mean, these were the anchors to that side of, of downtown Disney. I, that's what they were. Um, but again, for me, we've touched on everything that was a failure. I don't know if they call it a failure is fair. Uh, it did run almost 20 years, so it, right. was, it, was, it was successful. Oh, but 100%. I think, you know, like we said, the, the explosion in computer graphics was a downfall for these guys. Yeah. Um, I think the maintenance was tough. Five floors, you got to have people running the games. There's a lot of overhead involved um, for minimal return on investment. And I know we, we hate to talk about the dollars and cents, but they are a company. And if I not don't. Making, and if they're not making money, <laughs> then there we go. I mean, it's. I'll, I'll say this. I worked at an arcade right out of high mm -hmm. school, and these these arcade cabinets were massively expensive. And especially, like, if you've got a game like, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom, one of those fighting games, the wear and tear on the buttons and joysticks mm -hmm. was absolutely amazing. I mean, you were constantly replacing buttons and joysticks and cables coming loose. It, it was a mess for what you were paying for these cabinets. I mean, one simple cabinet would cost you upwards of about five to ten grand, sometimes even fifteen and you're looking at 25 cents a game, that's a lot right. of money to, to pay for that one machine. So, Jay, Absolutely. let's multiply that by, let's just use the example of Marty Duck's Pinball Slam. One of the most, <laughs> one of the most physically, we're not going to talk about it in depth right now, we'll go when we get to the floor, but that had 12 individual joysticks where you were the joystick that almost gave you free range of motion. 
Right. But so I think, uh, well, no, but if you have anything else, I think I'm ready to walk through the doors of Disney Quest and kind of give this virtual tour, if you guys are ready. Right. Well, no, I, so I would say, to Jay's point about the $15,000 cabinet, how much was each of those joysticks exactly. multiplied by 12, multiplied by the upkeep of it continuously runs. It's not like it works for 20 minutes and gets right. an hour yeah, no, break. On That's all the time in the power draw. Oh. Th- think about every game there at Buzz Lightyear's Astro. But I, let's get into the games. I'm ready for the games. Let's yeah, get let, into let's, let's, Before okay. we get to the games, there's a little bit of a magic um, to how you get there, right? So why don't yeah. you... I think there's no better person no, in a podcast. There's no better Disney guy. <laughs> there's no better Disney guy than this guy. To explain how you get to Disney Quest, Jay, take us away. So the genie, or myself in this case, was the unofficial mascot of Disney Quest. Um, so first thing you do once you, you pay for your ticket and you walk in is you go to the elevator. Or in this case, let's call it the Cyberlator. Upon entering at ground level... You're brought up to the Cyberlator, which is actually the third floor known as the Venture Port, which is where you begin everything. Up until 2011, the quote-unquote ride contained a short, humorous animation of the genie, voiced by Dan Castellaneta from The Simpsons, um, welcoming and lampooning the airplane and Star Trek you know, announcers of, of how they would welcome you onto the plane. You know, here's how we guide the, the, the spaceship, everything like that. He's also heard at the end of the day, closing announcements played throughout the facility. When a game or attraction is down, there was a sign reading the genie spotted a technical pro- problem and that's what's displayed. So the genie really was the official mascot of mm-hmm. Disney quest. I mean, Absolutely, and there's nothing better because you walked into. I mean, the first time, right? You and then there's no spoils anymore, so we, we no lay idea. it all right. out there. Correct. Um, right. So it you, you walked into this. It's weird. You have this tiny little lobby, right? And <laughs> yeah. you know, you go to the desk, you buy your ticket, or you if you, if you don't even need to, if you, you go to the turnstile, you scan your ticket, and you walk through, and then you have to wait for the elevator. Now the elevator comes down. You get on the elevator. Yeah, this is it looks like a kind of a little bit of an oversized elevator. And right. once one side has a huge mirror, and yeah. you kind of stand there. And then if you're not a first timer, um, you have all these other people just standing sporadically in the elevator. And then all of a sudden, the mirror turns into a movie screen. Right. And there's the genie, and he has this little bit. Um, and he and he he talks. And um, I'm gonna play it for you guys in a second. Um, once we're done this here and that's going to start us to go to the third floor but uh, it's so cool to see and as he does his bit you actually feel the elevator go up just like when he talks about you know leaving the cave of wonders right um, mm-hmm. and right then and there you know all right this is going to be something pretty magical that's going to happen here when i yeah. when i open those elevator doors this is going to be something pretty cool and yeah, only it, something it, disney could give you that's it, right it, it truly is um so, like Bob said, let's take this elevator up and let's move on to the games. Hey, Cyberlator, your flight to the Venture Port will be 045 seconds. Remember, it's not an elevator. It's an adventure! Cyberlator, your fare for liftoff. Just a pedal, the loaded to get the ignition. In your light, get into the water landing. Your friends or family members can't be
Uh, Houston. Once you get off this cool elevator, um, it does throw you on the third floor, right? Right, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I remember correct. Correctly. Right at Adventure Port. Mm. Yep. You know, but, I mean, it's like the central command of the area. It is, and it's it's a weird. I hate to say the whole the whole building's almost a maze because it is. But you I mean, have it really is. You have it's almost labyrinthian in a lot of ways. It's uh, it is it like is. a labyrinth. Yep. Yeah. You have I, but it, yeah. every floor has a central almost at a courtyard, um, a big circular lobby, let's say, mm-hmm. with, and, the, and the stairs are spiral stairs that go around yep. that circle. So, mm-hmm. but outside of that, it can become a labyrinth. We're going to do a little bit different to make it make more sense. We're going to start all the way down in the first floor mm-hmm. and now work your way up. So it's funny. If you want to start on the first floor, you do take the elevator to the third floor, and then you have to walk down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> For the first year, there was a slide, which we'll get into later on. But we, yes, we will. Slide. So on the first floor, there's a few things. Um, when you exit, just like everything in Disney, there is the uh, Disney Quest Emporium, where um, it's a gift shop. They sell them um, all type of different types of merchandise. Um, yeah, t-shirts, hats, yeah. shot glasses, pins. <laughs> you look back, and I wish I had purchased the Disney Quest T-shirt. Now that oh I'm... yeah. So I owned one. Oh. I owned the white with the Disney Quest logo. With the black ringer around the arms and the and the uh, neck and the, around the collar, uh, I mean it wouldn't fit my left arm nowadays, but certainly <laughs> I still wish I held on to it. And uh, I actually posted a picture earlier today in one of our preview posts on the Ohana of the four pins I have from Disney that one. Quest. Yeah. So, yeah, no, they had a lot of cool merch there. You can actually, I, I did look. If you're willing to spend it, you can get out there on eBay and get some of the stuff. Uh, People do have a tendency to overcharge with it not being in existence anymore. So that happens with but, everything. Yeah, but the first floor was was a lot of fun, Drew. I mean, so the, first the gift shop was could... nice, but it was nothing nothing crazy. Correct. Right. So I I but but where the action lied is this was something that everybody you wanted to try, in my opinion, and trust me if you guys feel differently. This was definitely something you want to try once, maybe twice. But when I went to Disney Quest reoccurring, um. This wasn't like a floor I had to go to every time I went. Um, they focused a lot on yeah, hands, hands on. And, right. and Bubble, I tell you, Bubba and I have gone to Disney a lot as um, our families get older. Teens, but, yeah. But I think Bubba and I, we, we, we have a lot of memories of when we did go when we were younger. And Disney Quest truly was something we went to. I'm yeah, not exaggerating. Every, every night single night whatever time the park closed we went to disney quest from 10 to 1 it it was a routine we did it every single night um that's how much we love it but this was definitely one of those floors that we um we skipped now this is your first time you you go you go to this floor right so they had something that i actually don't really remember guys um called hercules in the underworld which where i think this was short-lived um and it was up to six people 
who um, you control their old characters from the, the movie Hercules um, with a joystick. And the object of the game was to really collect lightning bolts and defeat Hades. Um, lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! Ah. <laughs> but, Jay, if you remember, what replaced Hercules that was something that you did not want to miss? Pirates of the Caribbean, the battle for Buccaneer gold. Oh, yes. Some would say the precursor to Shanghai's Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm just saying. I'm the one saying it. I'm the one saying it. I'll be honest. No one else has said it, but I'm saying it. So th- this this was definitely one of those attra- attractions almost where this was a, this was an attraction. You felt that you were going on to a Disney ride. The, oh the, yeah. The, the theme in um you literally was walking from a carpeted floor onto a wooden boat ship. Yeah. Oh awesome. And it was oh, the battle of the, the ship. Boat. Absolutely. And you walked into almost like it was underneath the boat, and you had the the sails all ripped and torn yep. and they had fans blowing to make it like you were on the boat and then you walked into the boat almost and there was i think there was probably four maybe even six setups I where it, six, yeah. it looked like you were on the front of a boat i think this would have been party of two or four i can't i think two um well you got a uh, one player captain you've got uh, four gunners and i think there yep. was one other was it that so big it, You're right it yeah, was oh, yeah. yeah it, it was. was so maybe there was only four boats total I don't think it was four total stalls Correct. that they had when each yeah. So think if they they built like a part of a boat where you're looking over the side, um, and it was almost like think of like a mini IMAX type screen where it was around you, right? So yes. fun. So you're literally standing on a prop of a boat, and you have your cannons, you have um your uh, what should we call it? The, not the steering wheel, the uh the 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 ah crud. <laughs> Someone was out there yelling at, at us, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, we'll think of it. So you have someone driving your boat, you have people shooting, and you're looking into a screen where, again, they're throwing, you know, a little bit of water at you, they're blowing the fan at you. Yes. And, and, and so you're all the time, you're wearing 3D glasses. Don't Correct. forget that. So you're literally fighting, uh, you know, pirates, the undead, the skeletons, and it's just a super cool Sea monsters. It was awesome. Yes. Um, I, I don't believe ship. it moved, right? There was no movement. It was no, just... Nope. No movement. But um, The other all... one downstairs. The other one on level one oh, did yeah. have movement, but this one oh, we'll was stationary. One. Yeah, this one was stationary. I thought it did have a little bit of movement. It wasn't uh, much, but it was a little bit. It just had the fans and a little bit of rain and, and stuff like that, but I could be wrong. Um, But awesome, right? I mean, I, I know this was, was, again, this was one that could build up a long wait time. So that's the other thing to oh, remember yeah. is some of these things are popular in attractions where don't go in there on a Friday or Saturday night uh-huh. and just say, I'm going to do everything and whatever I want. Because Correct. the place gets busy. Unless you're there 10 to 1. Then you can it do fizzles whatever out. you want. It yep. fizzles out. Right. Uh, Bob, virtual jungle cruise. Three, I love it myself. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. So Tell the inflatable. So you got in the inflatable raft. Um, yep. I want to say it was between six and eight guests at a time. Same situation. I think they had four stalls of this game, maybe yeah. six, but inflatable raft with real paddles. The paddles, well, the tips well, had, uh, well, the paddles, it, the tips had like rollerblade wheels on the end of it. Right. They did. So when you rode, you could actually rode. like hit the floor. Yeah. Like R O W E D. Not. Yeah. So when you were rowing the, the raft, the, the movement of you rolling the wheels was translated to the screen. 
Right. So you you encountered dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> you occasionally got sprayed with water. Like it was a whitewater yes. rafting, like a virtual whitewater rafting expedition. Really, it was. It was. It and, was. And the, I'll be honest, dinosaurs. There was. It was it a prehistoric. Um, quasi based on the Jungle Cruise. Not really. It was in a way, but right. not necessarily a straight representation yeah, no. of the ride itself. So, I will say, back 20 years ago, top-of-the-line technology. Oh, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, crazy. Yep. Super cool. Now, it sucked. <laughs> this this was not enjoyable. <laughs> oh, in hindsight, this was up there with the Davy Crockett River canoes. <laughs> I, I, I remember it being like, you're trying to paddle. It's not as responsive as you would right. think it is. No. But at the time, it's like... It was. It was the real deal. It, it was nothing you've ever done before. I mean, nowadays you play Wii and it's like, wow, I'm using this controller and pointing at my TV and it's working. Like that's no, like this was, yes, if you, and, and I believe the paddles had two wheels. So like if you yep. had them on an angle and you were only doing the one it, wheel, doing correct. it's like, it's like you're, you're only doing 50% of the capability. Yeah. So it, it was it, an awkward mechanization when you had to have it almost straight against the floor. Yes. Right, straight. Down. It was it was but odd. It was a cool. Which concept. is funny because you were on kind of like a, an air mattress to make it feel like you were on water. Correct. So Correct. reaching the floor was the difficult task in itself. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, this was hundred percent though. It was cool. You saw guys yelling at each other and kids. No, no, don't oh, laugh. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh yeah. Um, a good so, one. Guys, also in the jungle, also on this area, you did have like the safari hunting games, um, the classic arcade style. Where some of them actually have like the, the sitting jeep. I uh, know movement, but it kind of gives you the idea. Right. Yep. Also, this is where the building almost caught on fire, guys. Where <laughs> yeah. Treasure of the Incas, which was just just awful. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, just awful. So what it was, right? Is is the best way I can describe it is. Everyone Awful. has been to an amusement park where they have seen you stand in um, and you have your big steering wheel and you control a boat in the water Correct. in front of you. Same concept. This concept they took it was instead of a boat, you're controlling a, a jungle jeep almost or a, or a truck. And the cool part was is they put it into the floor underneath you right. and it was a glass floor. But the maze was also kind of tight where you had to maneuver in a maze. Um, there was other trucks going around and you tried to collect the coins and stuff like that. Cool concept. Um, it didn't work. And and I think, Bob, you alluded to a little bit of, of the fire, right? And I mean, what, this is where technology grew too fast, right? And, and that's right. kind of what happened here. Yeah, so it closed because there was a lot of interference with the emerging technologies, cell phones, believe it or not, beepers at the time. Oh, uh, beep prepared after all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so a lot of electricity, a lot of movement, oh gosh, yes. a lot of metal, a lot of a lot of scraping and stuff. It just, I mean, a couple. I mean, it wasn't a full blown four alarm fire let's let's clear that up right now <laughs> but but one of the trucks the, the, the electronics caught on fire there's a lot of movement i mean again continuously moving 
Um, just, you know, and that's when they actually ended up closing the uh, thing. What I liked, though, is you could have your friends shouting instructions at you. I'm sure we've talked about the shouting you aspect. You kind of had to, though, because you yeah. couldn't see the full maze. Right. The, the shouting aspect of Disney Quest where you just yelled at your friends incessantly. A lot, going, a lot going on on this floor. Yeah, a lot uh-huh. going on. Um, Very loud. You know, the area actually became entirely jungle-themed uh, once they took this out. Yep. Yep. It took them a while, though, because these games, uh, they closed, I want to say, in about 2003 or four in that neighborhood. And, I mean, they were vacant. This area, the the, 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 yep. the the plexiglass floor was there until, like, 2007. The clear flooring and, and the mazes could still be seen. Uh, they did inevitably uh, cover it up, and they, they put some more jungle games in the area. Uh, I think... Some uh, buck hunters and some some big game hunting oh, yeah. uh, games were there as well. Um, so, um, so yeah, they, I mean, they, that was it. But so they they kind of they kind of stepped away from what made Disney Quest so unique with these interactive right. experiences. So this right. is probably the first thing we noticed in our tour that really shows you. After about four years, they said we can't maintain this. Let's yeah. just go get, uh, you know. Let's go jungle games where you you know it's it's you know what you're getting it's a it's a self-sustaining but forty the inch problem monitor is, is you could you could play those games you in could any get that standard in Aladdin's arcade. castle or Island Mall right huh. I was thinking more like a David Buster's but sure yeah yeah <laughs> so but floor number two continues the theme of this virtual um, reality in a sense. But stepping it up to a whole... The second floor was amazing. The second floor was great. And what better way to talk about Cyberspace Mountain? Now, a lot of people are going to be like, ah, I've heard of this before, or this concept. This this was... I don't want to say this was the first of the first, because I'm sure it wasn't. But it -hmm. was quite up there. You know, this was... This was another one where hopefully you get it at the right time. Um, as far as lines go. No, this queue was like easily an hour. Well, it could be, right? But at the same time, if you caught it at the right time, um, people don't like roller coasters. So if between this was 10 p.m. and 11, between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m., you walk right on. So what it was is um, our our favorite Bill Nye, the the, the coaster guy, right, Bub, as as, as you would that say. That is correct. Um, he was your tour guide, and once you were waiting in line, I do remember the line queue was quite long. There was probably about 12 to 16 monitors, maybe even more than that, and it was a touchscreen monitor, and you literally built your roller coaster. Yeah, for a good cop, it's similar to do a test track now when you build your car. Right. Uh, except I, I, I could, would say this took some time. I mean, you're building trap. Oh, this trap. took a while. This took <laughs> a while. It's it's not like I want to choose the lava the lava cost uh course and go ride it like they do a lot of the nowadays. No, this was like I want to place this track, and then I think they gave you options, so it helped guide you, right? So it was select right. one of the five options, and it mm-hmm. kind of like each one kind of had a scale of intensity. Um, yeah, it was different things. So you you. It started, I think, from left to right. Like, oh, do you want like a beginner easy one? And then every once in a while, you got like the bonus track appeared, and you were like, 
oh, I want to do the double torch through loop yeah. and loop twist. With the cobra roll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to throw so, up my Wonderland Cafe burger. But <laughs> when you're sitting in front of a computer, you're like, oh, yeah, that's, yep. So, Bob, how many times were we like, bonus track, bonus track, bon- oh, number five, fire track, bonus track. You're like, this sounds great. Yeah. And the cool part was, is as soon as you finished it, um, you picked your theme. Like I said, lava, space, um, like ice, was an ice, ice, maybe even like candy or something. Um, and then it, it ranked you. Um, and it was not, I will say, it ranked you one through five for intensity. Mm-hmm. And five was not just easy to get. Like I said, sometimes there's a little bit of luck involved because you didn't always no. get all the bonus tracks. And, right? and let's be honest, Drew. The one thing you should mention, and you've talked about it kind of in a roundabout way, this didn't let you do things that weren't physically possible either. So you kind of had to have an idea. I mean, it obviously lets you do barrel roll, barrel roll, barrel roll, but you couldn't do like a 90 degree hard angle turn. If you're in a tunnel. There was some physics involved. It was pretty (laughs) cool. No, you're right. You couldn't do a loop-de-loop if you're inside a narrow tunnel. Correct. You're right. You can't. So, so that's the point where you can't always just click the the number five ranking and get a number five total because there was limitations within um, the mm-hmm. course you picked and how you laid out tracks previously. So, Correct. you almost had to know the design of that theme to say, hey, in about four more track placements, there's going to be a tunnel. So I need to do the loop-de-loop before I get to that tunnel. Or else I'm going to be stuck and I'm not going to be able to get my five. You know, it was it was a science to it, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and you only know that if you're idiots like us that went there every night from 10 to 1 a.m. Right. <laughs> so so you get your course, you give it a name after you pick your theme, and you get a ranking. And when you ever got that five star ranking, oh you man, hollering and shouting and like woohoo! And then when you're in line, you have the employee and and they have they have the 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 courses or the, the track, the, the roller coasters that you guys designed up on screens. And you could see, you know, Drew and Bob created the Disney guys coaster, five star ranking, intense. And everyone was like, oh. And then that person was like, yeah, you guys are going to be regretting that. But now nah, we'll be good. And um, yeah, it was a cool little competition, right? Because it was everybody in line. You start talking about what did you do and how'd you do that. And then um, you get to this room and, um, I don't. I, I almost think of it kind of like Star Tours, I guess, when you're leading no, up there and the doors open. Two people. I well, mean, I'm saying up to that point where you have the doors yeah. and the kind of you're in a spaceship um, type atmosphere. And then no, yeah, it's um, think of a giant wheel that could fit two people side yeah, by like side. Like a hamster wheel. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you get inside and you put a harness on just like you would on a roller coaster and a giant screen in front of you and. Um, you had the red panic button, which is always good. But yeah. um, I would yeah, like to it, say I never hit the red panic button. No, I thankfully say that as well. And um, yeah, because after that, I mean, it's self-explanatory, but um, quite quite amazing and some pretty amazing memories. Um, oh, lots! I would. So they kind of did something like that over at Epcot and Interventions with the Kookaburra arm. Uh, they kind of did something a little bit like it. I'm not nearly as intense or as in-depth as Cyberspace Mountain was. Uh, but, man, what probably a top three attraction for me at 
Disney Quest. Oh, absolutely agreed. Um, all right. Jay, I mean, uh, if you remember the next one, I think it's only do justice that you can take us away on that one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it was Aladdin's magic carpet ride. Um, you would put on a, a helmet with a, um, a virtual reality lens, you know, kind of like you would now with Oculus or something to that effect. Um, but you would put that on and you would sit down on... You could almost say it's very similar to the the seat that you have now for Flight of Passage. And it had kind of a um, motorcycle handlebar in front of you. Oh, that's, you an were, that's an excellent comparison. Well done. <laughs> well done. Yep. But, um, so you would put it on and you had, typically you were four different characters within the game all racing to get to the genie's jewel. And I can remember, you know, it was so cool. I mean, even though the graphics were absolutely abysmal the last time I went on it, but I can remember putting this helmet on with my girls, and as soon as I put the helmet on, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to look side to side and see if you can see everybody around you, and you could. You literally looked anywhere, up, down, left, right, and it was you were surrounded by the environment, and you could see the other players racing alongside you. It was really great technology. Despite, like I said, the graphics, but um, you would control it like a motorcycle and you were f- flying through the Cave of Wonders, um, through the, the lava pit, through the treasure room, and you would end up at the end with the giant red crystal that, that Abu actually grabs in the movie. But that was the, you were grabbing small gems that would lead up to that one. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, I, I couldn't have explained that better myself, Jay, but I'll yeah, no, <laughs> knocked it out of the park. <laughs> I, mean, I have uh, nothing to add. Everything Jay well, described to you is accurate. Definitely another, um, you know, big ticketed item event here where you're not going to get that other any other place. Right. The, the whole experience. And again, the the theming and the props, again, yeah, were just yeah. you were you were in Disney. You were in Agrabah. You were in a yeah. different world. Mm-hmm. Um, the a whole, whole new the, world, if you will. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> so Disney Quest as a whole, like, I'm going to keep saying it was. I have such vivid memories of this design and the lighting, and it just made you feel so welcome. And the floors were so well put together. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you enough how amazing the design was. Do yourself a favor and just watch a walkthrough. It's not going to do it justice, but it's it's pretty neat. Um, yeah. But me, Andrew, for me, as great as everything we've talked about has been to this point, I will tell you, that the next few, and I think we should kind of package them together. We should. They all kind of go yeah. hand in hand. Uh, you have the Animation Academy, since Create a Toy, the Living Easels, and the Radio Disney Song Maker. Okay? Well, let's get that one. Radio Disney Song Maker, you create your own song. You're able to buy it later throughout the, throughout the visit. Uh, you can pick it up at the guest gallery. They gave you a CD at the time yep. of your song. Right. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, again, getting the synergy with the Radio Disney pop there. Um, Living Easels, which was actually one of like the first things that ever, like, if you go to, like, Chuck E. Cheese and you take a picture with the ride yep. on Chuck E. Cheese, you know, <laughs> the ride takes your picture. Uh, it's, it's similar to that. Or, or, or similar to, like, the uh, the photo booths at the, at the malls, you know, right. where yep. you go in and you can get it sketched out. Uh, that's pretty cool. Again, you can also print out the pictures there. Yeah. Um, then, the big two here, though, 
our yes. Animation Academy and Sid's oh. Creative Toy. Right. Uh, which one? You want to go Animation Academy first? Yeah, that's one of my favorite things here. Yeah. So that you got, you know, regular sessions throughout the day. So this one was a schedule uh, maybe six times a day. Um, but you didn't have to you, sign up or anything, Bubby. No, 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 no. It right was time. nope. First come, first serve, you know. Uh, and it was uh, learn how to draw characters step by step. Uh, learning the process, you use light pens on computer screens. So really doing a lot of rendering, a lot of a lot of CAD at this point. Uh, really awesome stuff. I actually, up until uh, maybe ten years ago, I guess, had a, a genie that I did uh, here. Um, Lord knows what the hell I did with it. I've well, moved Bob, a couple of times since then. I just happen so. to have my two still with me, and I will. Good. Post See, them. I'm, I'm happy for you. I will post them on the Ohana um, tomorrow to to share with you guys. But um, yeah, I really think... cool concept. Again, similar to what they're doing at uh, Conservation Station. Correct, and I think they could probably seat about 20 people. I would say if I had to guess. I might, I might have gone 24, but it might have been 20. Might have yeah. been 20. Yep. Give or take. Ish. Ish. Yeah. So really fun. I actually posted the four pins that I have from, from that experience. Um, guys, this was this was everything to me. I loved this in I, particular. I, I have some fond memories of me and my wife going and doing this, and that's the, the pictures I have. So, you know, again, yeah. it's it's amazing how every trip I've gone to at Disney, I, I sincerely have a Disney quest memory correct it's yeah. unbelievable yeah it, it really what a place and let's look no further than sid's creative toy yeah. obviously we're referencing jay's favorite villain that also didn't get any love in the villains contest <laughs> sid the lunatic garbage man and neighbor from toy story because he is the garbage man in toy story 3 that finds lots of hug and bear that's, that's right um, so this you get to create a custom toy out of spare parts from other toys, similar to what Sid does in the in the first movie. I personally never bought any of my toys <laughs> that I made from here. But how much it was pretty much Legos with toy parts. Right. Is the best way to, Well think awesome. about the potato heads. Right. All the potato heads nowadays. Yeah. Right. Very similar to the potato heads. Yep. You know, kind of kind of that concept. Yeah. Darth Spud, you know, uh, Chewbacca's <laughs> potato head. Uh, Jay, anything stick out to you with any of these interactive kind of build your own type things? Uh, I, I've got an idea in my head of what I'm trying to compare it to. And, and honestly, it's escaping me as to what it was called. But yeah, you're right. It, it, potato head's probably the best example of how to describe yeah. this. Yeah, man, what a good time. And again, this was maybe one of those I think the this floor in particular with the creative toy, the recording of a song, the living easels, the animation academy, maybe ahead of its time. Yeah. Because absolutely. if you think about what they did at the Disney Institute across the way, which I've been bugging these guys, we want to do a Disney Institute episode at some point. Similar in concept for the kids. Uh, a lot of hands-on, interactive, even, even the... Space Mountain, Cyberspace Mountain. You had to have an idea of what you wanted to do. It, right. it wasn't it wasn't STEM like, like Andrew we've talked about in the past with these with, with certain learning programs for for children, but it was a hands-on 
It wasn't all video game. It, right. it gave you a certain amount of interactivity that really set us apart from arcades and of the time. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unbelievable stuff. I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, guys, you could go to uh, the guest gallery. That's where you could buy any of your creations. And uh, also we had the magic mirrors where um, up until about 2005, where you can take a picture and then you can edit the faces. You ah, feel yeah, like you're in that. cartoons. I mean, that technology is kind of everywhere. That's a Snapchat filter now, yeah. which tells <laughs> you, which tells you how far you've yep. come with technology. Well, which really it almost ages me. I was about. thinking the uh, the photo booth on on Macs and iPads. Right. I know that's absolutely true. You're Think right. about all of these technologies we have in our hands in our house now. I would say they started at Disney Quest, but Disney right. Quest is one of the first places to implement that them. had these yeah, to the in public. a mass production sort of way. So they were ahead of their time. Again, I don't think they invented these things, no, but no. they but they were out there surveying the market, but finding they recognized them, the technology, finding and said, the technology. Hey, yeah. we can do this. Yep. It added the Disney flair, right? So how do yep. we take this this electronic pad that I can draw on? Make it Disney related and make it interactive for the guests. Great, let's do right. a let's do a studio how to draw animation class. Yep. And, and, and you hate to say it, but look at all these wine and art classes they have oh, now. Yeah. Or, you know, dip, sip, and dab. They're, they're, it, it's popular. Like today, you could almost do that. You could have hosted classes. You know, a 10 p.m. class here. So it's 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 amazing that this stuff was even then. You know, but Bob, I think it's time to move on to. Floor number three. Yes. Floor number three had two of the most interactive um, experiences on all of Disney property. And I'm going to say, my back oh, hurts yeah. already thinking about it. <laughs> um, but the first one, this was right in the main lobby. You would get off the elevator almost. Yeah, um, right in Ventureport, man. It was pretty much in Ventureport almost. One right. of the first thing you would see is you alluded to earlier Mighty Dutts. Pinball slam. Complete eye candy, weenie, (laughs) giant screen. Giant screen. So almost movie theater size screen. Yeah, insanity. Um, But Drew, what the hell was it? So, best way to describe this is think of. God, I'm drawing a blank. What the hell is the name of those uh, two-wheel things you stand on with the handlebars? Segway. 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 Think, yeah. think of a Segway concept. Now, take off the wheels. So, think of a platform that's circle that you're standing on um, with a, a handle that comes up with a Segway with your two handlebars, right? So, think of that. And think of you standing in place, and there's 12 of you guys, massive pinball screen in front of you. Um, you know, the typical shoot up the side, it has the flippers, it has the bounce, everything, lights. Um, Complete mayhem. Now, the first wild, time you're wild, on this thing, you stand in line. Wild wing and goal, man. Wild wing and goal. <laughs> yeah, so they had the typical um, wild wing where they had a goal, and he moves back and forth, kind of like pinball machines and trying to the ball. And so another long line cue um, where always kind of a weight. So you stand up on this, this, this platform it's your first time, you and 11 other people. You have a color that's associated with what you're standing on, associated with a pinball on the screen. Now, you stand on this thing like, oh, it's, it doesn't even seem that wobbly. Until they push the button on, on lock oh, all of mayhem. your 
things. Your people falling off. It's a, it's, it's a mess. And when I say now it's a frenzy, you become a virtual pinball. And it's your job to move your platform. And if you pull it backwards, your ball's going to go down. If you push it forward, your ball's going up. And you want to store as many points. They have the leaderboard on the right-hand side. And it's typical pinball. Insane. Score goals. You bounce off stuff. You get three lights to light up in your color. You know, all the typical pinball um, concept if you played. And it's crazy. Um, Now, I personally, it wasn't one of my favorites. And again, I think this is where technology was ahead of its game. And I felt like it was more of a workout where you're just, and I think that's the point of it, right? The fun of it is you literally just moving like an idiot as hard as and fast as you can. Oh, insanity. But did the ball really move that well with your movement? Um, I will tell you it wasn't easy to move the pod you were standing on. So I will tell you that it was a workout. You, you, You were sweating. You were sweating. So... I, I will say that I personally loved Mighty Ducks Pinball Slam, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, probably again top three, similar to uh, similar to similar to Cyberspace Mountain. Uh, but uh, I would say ne- that the next one we're going to talk about might be my favorite. This oh, yeah. one is 100% my favorite, um, and I'm talking about Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blaster. Yeah. This one is really easy to envision. So listen yeah. closely. Yep. yep. Bumper cars. Yep. Think of bumper cars. Think of this. Think of as a bumper car. A typical bumper car that you think of is a convertible, right? Is a convertible style bumper car. Mm-hmm. This bumper car is a is a car. It has an enclosed windshield. It has doors. It's it is an enclosed bumper car. Mm-hmm. Um, a plastic bubble. Yes. Now. The cool part was is it's teams of two. Two people doing your bumper car, just like right. I guess it could on a normal one. Now, could you do it by yourself? 100%. Sure. It's a little more challenging. And now also think of giant plastic soccer balls that are just all over the bumper car track. Now, your job is there, – there's two jobs. There's the driver and there's the shooter. Yep. Your job as a driver is to collect – drive over these big plastic soccer balls mm-hmm. in where it shoots up in between your passengers. So think of a little tray that can hold, I think, two or three balls at a time. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you want to drive over them, and then it sucks them up. Now, the person in the other seat is, of course, the gunner, and they're going to load that ball into this massive cannon that's attached to the windshield that right. you can move around free reign. Now, the goal is to shoot the targets of the other ones. So the other cars has targets on the front windshield, the two side doors, and the back. Right. And if you hit – I love this. Yes. If you hit the target, a bunch of sirens went off, and your car lost control, and it would go a in a 360. Um, absolutely genius. Bub, I don't think we would do my brother and your cousin justice if we didn't tell the brief story. Of, I, <laughs> I mean, do you want to tell it? Listen, I will tell you real quick that I would compare this to bumper cars meets. Uh, I just had it. 
but yeah, bumper cars, you know, with with guns, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Bump, bumper cars and dodgeball, pretty yes. much, would be yeah. what I would say. It's like a, a live action um, Mario Kart, essentially. It's it's a lot of fun. And Andrew's brother, one time, me and what Andrew got in the car. Us? Me and Andrew got in the car. Freddie didn't get in the car with us because he's only a two seater. And Freddie got some. I mean, how old, old was that? Six yeah, year old. Yeah, I mean, I think we were 15 or 16 at the time. So, I mean, Jay, what would you do if, if it's your brother and cousin? I mean, you have to just target him nonstop, right? Oh, absolutely. I that think was... if, if the ride was a five-minute ride, I think he was spitting 360s for, what, four minutes and 40 oh, seconds? That poor kid. <laughs> I like, apologize for it to this day. Oh, absolutely not. The poor kid got off, like, ran over to his dad almost in tears, and yeah. was just, uh, our my, my brother's ready to murder us. Yeah. And, and, and don't don't worry, this is not the end of, of the story of my brother, because he comes back when we get to the fourth floor. But um, Astro Blaster, what a simple concept that was just absolutely, like, blown out of the park. Some yeah. would say better than Toy Story Mania or Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. I, I would say that. I mean, I might say that. Yeah, so. And um, the cool thing was just th- there was no ceiling above these, so it actually went up to an atrium to the fourth floor. So when and you're on the floor, watch, oh, it was amazing. The oh, fourth yeah. floor was one of our favorite spots that we'll get to shortly, mm-hmm. which baffles me, but we'll get there. So let's um, go to the let's go to the third fourth floor, the third and fourth floor for a real quick recap of the sports arena arcade. The replay zone, which is where you would have to pay to play. You get yes, your there. ticket from the machine to redeem your, uh, you know, for your stuffed animals and stuff. Uh, the underground arcade race zone and the classic games arcade. Like we said, those were thrown about third and fourth floor. Classic games, guys. Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Asteroids, the Tron <laughs> games. Andrew, you're a big fan of Dig Dug. Uh, oh, yeah. Jay, every Donkey, every single Donkey Kong game. They made another yes. point to tell me that uh, Star Wars <laughs> and and the Empire Strikes Back. Right. Um, <laughs> Do you know how many hours I spent at Disney Quest playing Missile Command? Yeah, probably <laughs> more the, than you would like to admit. Like, I'm literally talking, not exaggerating. Yep. Double digits, like over ten hours of play yeah. in my lifetime. I would say command at I Disney Quest. I wouldn't quote another movie and say you put a put a quarter in one a car, put a quarter in you want a car, oh, but you, you didn't have to put a quarter in. You just kept hitting play. Yeah, and that's play the again. This, in my eyes, invented the, <laughs> the 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 arcades that we know today, right? So a lot of times today you have the card that you you just put in front and stuff goes on there. This was all pre that where. It wasn't necessarily that. They made it even simpler since it was kind of a free-to-play concept where you literally just push the button, yep. and that button was like inserted in a quarter, and it showed right. the credit on the screen. Like you could yeah. go to a, I've I've gone to games and it was like 100 credits. I'm like, who's the idiot that pushed this thing 100 times? Like, uh, not yep. necessary. But yep. um, absolutely. Jay Cubert yeah. was there. Yes. Cubert. So you got then you, you get it. I mean. Yep. You get into like uh, San Francisco Rush, the 2049 version, but That's you know, okay. still, I'll, I'll accept it. Um, pump it up games, uh, Dance 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 Revolution, uh, Supernova 2, Guitar Hero, Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah, Tekken, Te- who doesn't oh, love Tekken? Yeah. Oh, Tekken, Tekken 5, the arcade edition of Soul Calibur, guys, 
These Ooh. games were awesome. Mario yes. Kart, the uh, the Grand Prix double, arcade version. Yeah, the double two-player link, so you got four seats, and that, that yep. was a lot of fun. Hey, Jay, I think they had Primal Rage. How about that throwback? Oh, yes. Wow. <laughs> My favorite, though, they had Bolarama and Marine Fishing by Sega. A lot of fun there. You know, you know what I loved about these things is like, you know, I, I, I'm just looking at some of the list, and you look at like the the Sega World Series baseball game. Yep. You when you went to an arcade back in the day and you played, like I never sat there and played nine innings. I was like, yep. you have to put a quarter in for every inning. I'm like, I, I don't have the time, and I want to go play other games. Yep. But this was like, yeah, I'll play nine innings of baseball. Let's do yeah. this, you know. Um, so absolutely, that was the beauty of it. Is like I got to play games that one I would never even try because I don't want right. to waste my my quarters, and two is like let's play this full game. You know, let's yep. see what this game's got to offer. Mm-hmm. Well, little did we know that also the very rare, extremely rare Sega Flash Beat was also here. Um, Ski ball, shoot the hoops, and air hockey also here. And again, why they took these games out and beginning in 2015, is open to interpretation. A lot of it had to do with a new Florida state law that pretty much Disney believed banned the, uh, made the games illegal under certain circumstances. So it pretty much became a form of gambling, and they had to produce odds of winning at these games. So a lot of these did come out, and it had to do with underage regulations uh, for gambling as well. So a lot of crazy stuff. When they brought, when they pulled these, some of these games out, again to me, not the reason you go to Disney Quest, but how much right. fun was it to just play the games without the the specter of I'm out of quarters and I'm and I'm on Shredder. I finally beat the Technodrome. <laughs> I gotta beat Shredder and I have no quarters left. Um, so one thing we did mention earlier on the third floor, uh, in order to get down to the first floor. Um, once you used, once you got the venture port, there was a Cave of Wonders slide, which was 150 feet long and a spiral uh, that took guests and pretty much deposited you right near the gift shop and the Jungle Cruise attraction we talked about earlier. Uh, that only lasted a year due to insurance regulations and people jumping down the slide without <laughs> really having, knowing where the person was in the slide. So that was fun. Um but guys, that gets us to about the fourth floor here. Oh yeah. Which pretty straightforward. You had Not the wired, yeah, wired Wonderland, which pretty much was the first internet cafe I remember ever seeing. Um, you could send emails and and text messages to people. Oh yes, Bob. While you were up on the fifth floor ordering your plain hamburger, mm-hmm. I was down mm-hmm. in the Wired Wonderland on a little something called. AOL Instant Messenger. Right. Catching up with my email friends back home. Right. Absolutely. And then I came down to the game, eat my plain hamburger. You know? And say, what the the hell are you doing? Let's go play some puzzle at your Astro. Correct. So, really, the fourth one, not much. I had the kids' area for the kids uh, two to seven, which I think was where the. the viewing area for the Buzz Lightyear from the fourth floor was. Uh, so really, uh, not much speaking on the fourth floor. However, there was Ride the Comics 4, which is eerily similar to Ride the Comics 5. In fact, it's the same game. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about this. It was the same game 
Ride the Comics 4, Ride the Comics 5, there's different floors. Um, really fun. You battled super villains using a laser sword. Again, Jay, same thing here. You were in the, uh, the, the helmet, I believe, the helmet right. display, and you entered the comic book world. This game, I remember being out of this world, and I didn't do it an awful lot. I only did it once or twice. But did you have any experiences with uh, the, the Ride the Comics? Unfortunately, I didn't. I remembered looking at it and wanting to do it, and mm-hmm. I just never did. So similar to what you had, but you had a sword here. Really fun. Um, I, I would say, and again, we make a lot of comparisons. And, oh, it's the precursor to this, the precursor to that. Uh, similar in style to what they do with the Amazing Spider-Man over at Islands of Adventure, except a little more interactive. Right. Um, a lot of fun. However, in 2011, Ride the Comics 4, which was just the fourth floor version of it, was overtaken by villains, which was Disney speak for not currently operating. <laughs> um, you could still use Ride the Comics on the fifth floor, and uh, this actually became a seating area uh, for the restaurant, as did the fifth floor location for Food Quest. It did become seating for Food Quest and the Wonderland Cafe. Uh, so really, fourth floor, not much going on. Ride the Comics was a pretty cool concept. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really out of this world to speak of. And the graphics on this one were extremely dated very quickly. That oh, was, yeah, I correct. think, one of the one of the big things. Now, the next portion of Floor mm-hmm. 5 was awesome. It was. Unique. Cool. And, and, I mean, we're talking no other than Invasion. An extraterrestrial alien encounter. Right. Now, you might be saying, where have I... Where have I heard that before, Jay? What's what's what is that? What's that phrase I've heard? Uh, it's very, well, it's very similar to Alien Encounter. It, it's the, the ride version of of Alien Encounter, which was later replaced right. with Stitch's Great Escape. So if you're if you remember back to the Park Caribbean little interacting ride we talked earlier, one of the first floors, right? right? Think of that, right? So again, remember this is Disney. The line cue and theme for this was extraordinary. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a little creepy where you're entering this spacecraft. Um, well done. Like, you're on going on to a Disney ride. Um, and you, and I actually had to... I wanted to watch a video of this to refresh my memory on how awesome this was. Um, now, again, graphics sucked. Game very, very blocky like bub said a little bit earlier but it worked it, it worked um and it was four players at a time went into this rescue vehicle to save astronauts so i believe he had one driver of the vehicle and then three shooters mm. sounds um, right yep yep and it was um yeah i mean it was you you tried to see how many astronauts you could save in your time limit i don't know if it was three or five minutes but you had a set time limit you had to drive around and collect them, shoot the aliens as they try to come at you, and I think they had kind of like the daily high score that everyone mm-hmm. tried to drop and beat. Um, yeah, so obviously you could have teamed up with other people. If it was 1 a.m., it'd be hard to do this, but I think they allowed two people. I think it was a minimum of two. Yeah. Uh, 
I think you had, you had one driver and one gunner. But again, so, yeah. this is just something that's so different and unique that you can't do anywhere else, and it's just right. it's, it's super cool experience. Um, it almost like it fits on one of the lower floors, but um, it works. I I think the fourth and fifth floor are almost like, hey guys, what do we what do we put up here? What do we do now? Right. But um, you also got to keep in mind that some of these on the fourth and fifth floor, like Ride the Comics, was a huge footprint. It was. And that right. was where the primary seating was for Food Quest, and they had the kids area. So you need it, and you just, need that. You need right. that area. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So. I mean, overall, that I mean, that's that's really the main attractions, which mm-hmm. kind of then led us to, I don't want to say the hate, but I do, um, which led us to today, which has brought us to what we now have um, called the NBA experience. So uh, they completely knocked down Disney Quest in 2017. Well, and the building run. was ugly. Um, so it was open for almost 20 years, and. Um, it had a great run. Like we said, we talked about it a little bit and how and why it fell. Um, and I think we covered most of that. I thought we get into that again. And they replaced it with NBA experience, which I don't even want to get into. When we do a um, downtown Disney, we can we can talk about cart and, and versus old. But, but what I do want to talk about is the legacy of Disney Quest. And I know we've all shared personal experiences. But um, let's 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 do maybe top two or name name two things that each of you guys remember or will always remember of what Disney Quest meant to you. So Jay, why don't you go first? Um, so I mean, I, I did it a little bit as a kid, but really, what what made me truly enjoy and always remember this is is doing Pirates of the Caribbean with both of my girls. That that really was just. The, the pinnacle for me do sitting down and playing that interactive game, um, having, you know, shouting commands back to them, them shouting at me, Hey, go over and shoot this one while I'm doing this one, you know, that kind of stuff. And then just getting to go and play some of the, the fighting games, your, your Marvel versus Capcom and Tekken with them and, and just having a good time with, with my girls. That's, that's really what this means to me was just enjoying video games that I've always loved with people that I enjoy. That's awesome. Absolutely. I agree. Um, Bob. Yeah. Here's the thing. Legacy is such an odd word for Disney quest because ultimately, despite its successes, it did fail. If it didn't fail, it would still exist. Right. So his legacy is complicated because we've talked about the technologies, the emerging technologies they've used and how we use them every day now with Snapchat filters or like Jay said, when you're in photo booth on a Mac, you know, it's all it's all the same concept. It's all stuff they were doing almost 25 years ago at the beginning of this, because you got to think the developmental phase, they were ahead of their time. Yeah. Uh, For me, I'll never forget the time we were standing at the bus stop. Uh, it had to have been quarter of one in the morning or, or later or earlier, depending on your concept of time. And the same cousin that got spun around for four minutes on a five minute attraction, pulled all these little green men out of his cargo short pockets. So there was a, uh, there was a claw game from pizza planet there. And it was, you know, the claw game, the rocket ship. And it was all, the little green men. I mean, he had to have had seven of these friggin' things. I still least. have. I still have them. 
Yeah, in his pockets, just kept pulling them out. Oh, yeah, I won this one. Oh, I won this one. It was and an joke. He pulled them out all night. It wasn't just Correct. like all at once. It was unbelievable. Threw one at us on the bus. I mean, and we were the kings of the bus that day. Most of the nights we closed down the park. But really, the legacy for me is just the the personal experiences that me and Drew have yep. shared, uh, shared together uh, because we spent so much time there together growing up uh, that I will never forget. Uh, the times we spent there. And I, I really, it's bittersweet to see it come down and to see it uh, torn yeah. down. And now it's, I'm sure the NBA experience is a fun time, but it just doesn't move the needle for me the way Disney Quest did. Yeah, it doesn't. And, you know, it, it's funny, and I'll, I'll, I'll honestly try not to get sentimental here, but, um, you know, it, Disney Quest truly does mean a lot to me. And when you think about a lot of people, they say they, they grew up with, you know, Magic Kingdom was the only park, or they grew up with Horizons, or they they grew up with all these these rides and what they have memories of with going with their parents or whatnot. Um, I have I have those fond memories, but I think for me, going to Disney Quest and branching out when and and as you all know, Bob is you know my cousin and and my one of my best friends was Bob and I going to Disney World together, the two of us, you know, sixteen. 19 years not even you know 15 and 18 years old just the two of us going somewhere you know on a plane to another state another part of the country as young kids as us and disney quest is one of those things that is just like we have so many fond memories and it's something that's it's not there i'm not going to be able to now share those memories with my kids which is okay i can create new memories with my kids but it truly is a sentimental moment for me where I will never forget Disney, uh, Disney quest when I'm never. 70 years old and we're talking about new things that Disney has added. And I'm going to sound like the idiot old man. That's like, well, back in my day when, you know, virtual reality wasn't even a thing. I went with, you know, your grandpa or uncle Julie. Bubba. And, um, you know, we did this thing called Disney Quest, and it was the coolest thing ever with new technologies and remote-controlled cars and this and that. And they'd be like, "Oh, sure, sure, that that sure." But it truly is like one of those defining moments for me in Disney, just like rides are to people. And call it corny, call it what, but that is one that will always be with me, hundred yeah, percent. Absolutely, I think we all express that the legacy that is more of a personal legacy. Uh, for each of us. And Bob, that, that was really unfortunate. My number two, you stole my number one about my, my brother winning all the aliens. But I figured the sentimental route was um, just as important. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. But um, all right, guys, that is Disney Quest. Um, for all your listeners out there, I want to know whether you first time even hearing about this or if you have sentimental stories like we do. Either way, it doesn't matter. We just went through almost every type of attraction and game that they had. What was your favorite? Um, again, whether you've never done it or you've done them a million times, I want to hear what did you guys love about Disney Quest and what was your favorite attraction? So please let us know. Email us. Uh, if you're in the Ohana, that's probably the best way to post something, um, and we'll go from there. But with that being said, we do have a quick little random house of mouse this week that we want to talk about. <laughs> Yes, Random House of Mouse is back, and it is a Disney Thanksgiving or 
as we like to call it, because we all love top ten episodes so much. The <laughs> top three Disney things we are thankful for. Jay, lead us off. All right, so <laughs> truly, honestly, none of us would be here if it weren't for for Walt himself. Correct. I mean, it, he started it all. He started the company with with every his last dime, and we're still talking about it almost a hundred years later. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing I'd say I'm thankful for is Disney Plus. Gives me a chance to watch everything I've always wanted to go back and watch again. Gargoyles. Yep. Darkwing <laughs> Duck. Uh, as well as it's bringing in new content, like the Imagine- Imagineering series, The Mandalorian. Um, I mean, Baby Yoda, Jay. Just say it. Just Baby say Yoda. it, Jay. Thank Baby <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't be remiss if I didn't thank if I wasn't thankful for you guys, I, I truly Absolutely. enjoy coming together and talking and, and conversing with you guys all week. That's awesome. Yeah. I a hundred percent agreed. I, you know, <laughs> we created a, a family internally <laughs> as well as externally with the Ohana and our listeners. And, um, you know, not that we don't love our listeners cause we do, but if we were getting three listens an episode, I think I'd still be happy with what we do sure. and, and, and get together and mm-hmm. um, and enjoy that. So I agree, Jay. And, you know, I'd be remiss not to say that's one of my top three as well, yeah. um, because it is. And, and again, it gives us that opportunity where, you know, not everybody gets to go to the parts every year or every yeah. six months or every two years or, or 10 years. Right. It Disney is getting more and more expensive and it hurts for me to admit that. But I get it. Wow. Um, Mark it down, folks. Not everyone can afford. I'm a sentimental episode for me tonight, guys. <laughs> this is very sentimental tonight. Um, I get it. So it's it's nice that we can live through the podcast, right? If that made sense. Right. Us as individuals and us as uh, our listeners, as our Ohana, our family, can listen and relive these things like Disney Quest. People mm-hmm. that never got to live through Disney Quest. People that have never got to live through some of these new rides and attractions and these new shows and all this awesome stuff is, you know, we're here to talk about it. We're just, we're here to have fun. We're three guys who's just trying to have fun. So mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I am so thankful for the Disney guys and, and everything that comes along with it. Um, enough off that soapbox. Two other things I'm super excited for. Thank you. He's going in a different direction here, boys. Well, <laughs> guys, uh, Jay took Walt, and I didn't want to, you know, go down that same train wagon. So instead of that train, I went with my other transportation, which you, you guys all know I love. You What's do. Better Unless than it's a boat. Transportation. Well, yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll take a boat ride if it means I can get to where I need to. Jay, this is unbelievable tonight. We've I know, made right? Some real progress with Drew tonight. <laughs> we're making um, breakthroughs tonight but i just love the fact that disney transportation is amazing it's always kind of been there you never have to worry about it. it it gets you from everywhere you need to go and all these other new ways that keep adding right the skyliners they're adding the bus times to your your apps all this stuff and my last thankfulness is and again i could go on and on and on but mobile ordering because one who doesn't love food and two who 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 likes waiting in lines? Nobody. So you put those two things together, and I can get food when I want it, where I want it, and I don't have to wait in a line. I am all for that. Um, I don't have to look at a menu. I can look at a menu at my leisure anywhere I want, and I know what I want. What you know, and just go pick it up. Mobile ordering. Mark it down. That's that's. <laughs> 
sentimentality to mobile ordering and transportation right here on the Disney Guys Uncensored. We do it every way we can. Uh, what are you, Bob? For me, I'll go similar to Jay. I'm not going to say Walt. I think we're all thankful for Walt and Roy in, in our own ways. And yeah. I don't know if you'd have Walt without Roy. But in a similar vein, I'm honestly thankful for Michael Eisner and Frank Wells. Because if Walt was the guy that created it, uh, Michael Eisner and Frank Wells were the guys that saved it. Right. Uh, check out episode, the ends of episode two in the Imaginary Story and episode three of the imaginary story on disney plus um again most marriages that end in divorce end ugly uh obviously once frank wells passed away that's not a spoiler alert he died in a <laughs> helicopter crash um so that's that's i mean once he left and and, and passed away uh michael eisner obviously became a little bit more uh dictatorish he became a little bit more angry he lost his best friend he lost his partner his creative partner uh so put yourself in his shoes and realize it was never going to end well on something like this but michael eisner and frank wells really did save the company at a time that we almost didn't have the opportunity to have this podcast and i think we give michael eisner a very hard time for how it ended and not how it began Right. And I, I think the more you should be thankful for him and to a lesser extent, Frank, but Frank Wells, man, he, he's the reason Imagineering is what it is. Agreed. So good on both of them for that. I'm thankful for Epcot. Uh, everything that Epcot was, everything that Epcot became and everything that Epcot is becoming, I think is just a really beautiful concept. And again, I guess I'm thanking Walt for that as well, because it was his initial concept. Yeah. Uh, he obviously had, a bigger plans for Epcot. And it'd be interesting to see what the parks would be and what Epcot would be specifically if Walt had lived to see it to fruition. But at the end of the day, uh, between the world showcase and, and all of the educational ideas behind it, uh, you respect it a little more the older you get. And I wish that I had respected it as much as I do now when I was a kid, um, personally, Agreed. Just two of my things there that I think really go underrated. And to me, yeah, you guys, I'm thankful for, for Jay and Andrew and, and all the listeners. Um, we wouldn't do what we do right. uh, without you guys. And uh, I think we've all personally experienced uh, loss. We've experienced uh, very personal things and still are experiencing those things. Um, and to be able to come on here every Monday night and, and talk with you guys for a couple hours about stuff so simple and so fun. Uh, means more to me than I will ever be able to express to either one of you. Yep. And uh, thank you guys for that. And thank the listeners. Thanks yeah. to Johanna yeah. for, for giving us the, the outlet and the creativeness to, to allow us to do what we do. Uh, I, I certainly uh, hope to keep doing it for as long as uh, they'll have us. 100% agree. And, you know, it is, it is Bob, it, it's it's 100% true with you guys, listeners. You know, we all get in these lulls and like, do we really have people that care? Do we really want to continue doing this? Last episode only got so many listens. And then it comes out of nowhere where we'll get a listener email that says, hey, we love what you guys do. Um, Thank you so much for all this info. Um, We'll get a new Patreon supporter. We'll get people posting the Ohana. We have people joining the Ohana. And it literally is – I'm not even kidding when I say this. There's been a couple times we were close to throwing in the towel. And, and, and it's not something we want to talk lightly about. 
But it's it's honestly you guys that said, you know what? Let's keep this going. We've got something here. And we kind of shifted shifted almost, you know, uh, not ideas. We kind of shifted the way the podcast went and said, you know I what? Think philosophically, we've changed a little we bit did. on what we wanted sure. to do. It's more fun. Let's let's make this fun. We're talking Disney. It should be fun and a little more laid back. And, and we're not a business, right? We're not we're not making money off of this. If, if that's what people think, right? We're not. We're doing this because we enjoy it. It's a hobby. So right. uh, again, we're getting into a soapbox here. But I think the point is the three of us are truly are thankful for what we have and what we created. Yeah, was it hard work? Absolutely. But it doesn't it doesn't work without everybody else connected to it. Right. Um, so thank you. I think from all three of us. And hey, guys, happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Absolutely. Enjoy it. Be safe. Jay, safe travels to you. Yes. Fortunately, guys, I've got about 2% battery left, so I am going to be off this call now. I well, just wanted to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. It was fun. And Jay, safe travels to you, my man. Thank you, sir. Well, luckily, um, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Disney Quest, episode number 36. So if you have any feedback, questions, or comments, as always, email us at thedisneyguysuncensored at gmail.com. Facebook, head on over to our business page, Disney Guys Uncensored. You can even leave us a review there. Um, make sure you like that page. But also, most importantly, join our group page, the Disney Guys Ohana. And that's where we do constant communication with you. We talked about episodes coming up, polls, contests, etc. But if you truly, truly, truly love us and you want to be thanking us, join Patreon for as little as $2 per month, only a cup of coffee. That helps you get into our private Discord chat channel where we've been very active lately with some of our Patreons. You always get a little pre-info, so we usually tell you maybe a, during the weekend what the episode is going to be about. Talk yeah, about we probably change it. <laughs> we get your opinion <laughs> on things. Uh, you truly are a contributor to the show, and we take that with a true um, passion, and we want to hear from you guys. So help us out. Again, only $2 a month, and that's over at Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash the Disney Guys Uncensored. Um, and you can join up there. It's super simple. And you can do anywhere from $2 up to $30 per month. Um, or you can even do $20 a month and be like Jordana and do um, a producer. You can be a producer of the show. Um, so iTunes. Make sure if you do listen to us on iTunes, which a lot of you do, um, give us a rating if you have not yet. It's super simple. Literally take to one second, click the star that you want to give us, four or five stars, preferably, and even better, write us a review. And lastly, we have updated our merchandise, folks, with the newest and the coolest-looking logos um, on the planet that Greg Cook has created for us. So that's at thedisneyguys.redbubble.com. You can get stickers, you can get uh, T-shirts, mugs, hooded sweatshirts, pillows, leggings, uh, bathroom mat, you name it, you can get it. But most recently, we updated all of our new cases for iPhone, I think for Androids, whatever you want, they're up there. Um, super cool. They're, they're pretty cheap. I think they're like 18 bucks. Um, so not bad. So head over to Merchandise. Christmas time is around the corner and get some cool stuff. So we hope you enjoyed the show and thank you for listening to The Disney Guys Uncensored. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place.